Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester. Your Manchester is part by TalkTalk's Future Fibre, which has now arrived here in Manchester. Future Fibre broadband is ultra-fast and ultra-reliable, and with speeds of up to a whopping 900 megabits, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it. Plus, you can connect up to 75 devices at once, so bye-bye fighting over the Wi-Fi. As if it couldn't get any better, Future Fibre plans now come with an Amazon Aero Mesh router, so you can get the latest in Wi-Fi 6 technology for free. To see if your postcode can get Future Fibre, search TalkTalk Talk Future Fibre now. Episode of Your Manchester with me, Miss Belinda Scandal. And Brandon McCaffrey. And our very special guest to join us in the studio today is the absolutely fantastic, the mm-hmm. legendary Miss Julia Hesmond Halsh. Oh, How are you? I'm very well indeed. Thank you for having me. Thanks so no much problem. for coming, coming in. Us. It's very exciting. You're very busy. Yeah, well, it's it's not been massively busy. Mm. I, I can pull off this amazing trick, I've realised, that everybody thinks I'm working all the time. <laughs> yes. Even when I'm not, which is brilliant. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a little bit quiet the last, uh, the latter end of last year. Mm. Yeah. It's picking up again now, so I'm just about to go to London to I mean, start. how was the pandemic for you? I don't want to dwell on it, but was it, was it a nightmare it, for you? It, it was, I was incredibly lucky. So I did, I was about to start a job right at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. And, uh, I mean... Literally, the Monday <laughs> after. Yeah. And, and they were still pretending it was going ahead. And everyone was like, I don't think it is. It's just even knowing everyone knew. Right. And uh, we managed to get it filmed yeah. uh, in the autumn. So yeah. it got cancelled. But I knew it was coming. So all that first bit of the pandemic, I knew I had worked. So we were one of the first things. It was a pact. Yeah. It was a big BBC one thriller. Oh, right. yes. Oh, yeah. We saw it. And, uh, and so it was the first thing really to be filmed out of lockdown. So it was it was quite challenging, you know, yeah. because we were having... All, those, all the stuff you've got. Our, yeah, because yeah. you've constantly got all the, the COVID restrictions and stuff. Testing I know I did that ad for you know, you were constantly just got. We got to do different versions with people with masks. Got to do it with you. Yeah. Got to be there. Yeah, constantly being vigilant. Yeah, and obviously the, the threat of it, the fear of it all yeah. the time. But actually, it was really, it was, it was really great. And then I did a tour of the one woman play that I do that meals mm. go yes. So I did that in the summer. And again, we were just like, we we pick these dates. Like our producers pick these dates randomly, and we're just like, right, we'll start in May and we'll finish in July. Mm. And it just happened to be when the theatres opened. We missed it by a week, and wow. then we could put that week somewhere else. So, so dead, dead lucky. Yeah, that so, is. so the one woman show. What's what's that about? Then? So ages ago, I said to my husband, who's a writer. Yeah. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not a plumber. I didn't. So what's the point of being married to a writer? You're right, current industry, actually, now. <laughs> when I was there. Right. I said, what's the point of being married to a writer if you never write anything for me? So bless him, over one Christmas, he went down to the cellar where I keep him. And she uh, <laughs> ended up being like, yeah, go on, keep writing. <laughs> yeah, and he just came up after Christmas. And it wasn't even like disappearing for annoying amounts of time. Mm. It'd just like go away and like, just enough to make me think like he's on FIFA for like uh-huh. <laughs> And then he came out with this beautiful one-woman show about love and loss and the golden record on Voyager 1 and wow. like what you want to be remembered for, all set on a northern street. 
And um, yeah, so we did it. We did it at Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. We yeah. did it at Manchester Royal Exchange. Then we took it to Edinburgh. Then we did it um, on two of last year. So I took it. I took it to London to West End for a little spot just before the pandemic. I mean, because if you think about the Royal Exchange, it's kind of you and Miss Peak, isn't it? That are the kind of <laughs> I mean, it is. <laughs> you are quite well known for being in and around that sort of area. Well, we're just we're, we're, me and Matt really laugh about it. Actually, we're just like, oh, cause you know, we need to do something together. It'd be like De Niro and Pacino, yeah. and then they finally appear together. I, I look forward to the God's mother's coming out. This is it. Are you actually with the Maxine? No, we've never, we've never How worked together. Possible? I know. So we're like, we're, we say we'll have to do something together at some you know point. I say the same thing about me and Liam Neeson. Like, <laughs> really? Honestly. Yes. Yes. Never seen in the same room together. Do you know what? I think this too. And me and Rita Beckler. Never seen in the same room. <laughs> Never ever. Never. I don't <laughs> know what you and Pat Phoenix. I've never seen you in the same room either. Listen, um, we're going to be talking to you throughout the show, so thanks very much for staying yes. with us. But in the meantime, there's loads going on in the uh, world of theatre at the moment. And one play that is absolutely taken over Salford at yes, the moment. Yes, it is. It's uh, loosely based on the works of Markham and Wise, but it's actually more than that, everybody. Now, our Ashley Stone, he went and did a little review for this play, and it's actually called The Play That I Wrote. <laughs> Hi, I'm Ashley Stone, live here at the Lowry Theatre in Sulphur Keys for your Manchester. I've just had one of the best Monday nights ever watching a fantastic show called The Play What I Wrote. Um, it stars, of course, Dennis Herdman, Matesh Sonny and Tom Tuck. It tells the story of two fantastic friends and actors. One of them, of course, well, I won't tell who, wants to go on the road with his partner in a Morecambe and Wise tribute, but the other one wants to write a play. And the play is something which the show is all about. This show is an absolute brilliant homage and a very heartfelt, with some sad bits and some funny bits, um, tribute to the artistry and sheer genius which is Morecambe and Wise. Every night they have a celebrity guest, sometimes it could be Kylie Minogue, Ewan McGregor, um, Joanna Lumley to name but a few, and tonight, because every night if you are privileged enough to go and see this, and I can't stress enough, you've got to go, Tonight, we were blessed with the one and only Sir Charles Dance. He made a fantastic guest appearance, a cameo where he really poked fun at himself, just like the TV show, Morecambe and Wise, where they had a fantastic celebrity guest. It runs now until the 5th of February. If you really want to go out in February and have a fantastic belly laugh, come along and see it. The play What I Wrote, running now until the 5th of Feb at the Larry Theatre in Sulphur Keys. Your smile. Do you know the next bit? Do you know what? We do this every time. We've sang that song twice on this show, and every single time we do, we do not. The, the, the next to be fair, it's been a few All more. the while. All the while. All the while. In your smile. All the what? Yeah. I'm learning the Maud theme tune at the moment. <laughs> have, you, have you ever watched Maud? No. No. There's a, there's a wonderful program with them, B. Arthur, that came out in the 70s called Maud, yeah. and it is influential. Oh. Influential. It really was. Uh, well, I should say happy um happy Chinese New Year. Happy Chinese New yes, Year. Yes, happy, happy Chinese Lunar, New Year. Lunar um it's the year of the tiger. Year of the tiger. I've got the eye of the, the tiger. It's a singing show now, though. It's it is. It's good. It? Uh, there was lots of fireworks going off. It was absolutely fantastic. There was. It was. It was. It was a nice noisy Are you year of the tiger. Tom? Year of the tiger. Are you year of the tiger? I'm, well, well, in theory. <laughs> In theory, I'm always a tiger, although I look like a lion, but I was actually born on the year of the, the ox. Year of the ox? Yes. Oh, um, yeah, I'm figure out when that was. Do you know what Chinese symbol you were when you were born? A year of the rat. I'm dog. 
You're, You're the, the dog. dog. Mm. Oh dear. They say they're the immortal ones they can't trust you now, do you Exactly. Like? And also, of course, it's a very special um, month this year. It is. It's LGBT History Month. It is indeed. LGBTQ um, History Month. Yes. Sorry. It goes on. Until there's another nine letters after that. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's day, a plus and an A. I just can't afford to I will learn them all and I'll sit here one day and you'll be dead impressed and I'll just go... Blah, like that. We'll, we'll, really... do, we'll do we'll do a flag day. We'll do a day where you can point to all the flags and you have to guess which one it is. Well, I did a question yesterday at my quiz. Did you actually? Yeah, about the um, flags and the official flag, rainbow mm. flag. Yeah, the official rainbow flag, not to do with the LGBT, has only got seven colours in it. That's a... Seven colours, and there's, there's so more. Every day. Yeah, it's there's always something new to learn. In fact, why don't we learn what's on the box with our Haley? Here she is. Let's do that. Hi, I'm Hayley and welcome to this week's On The Box. Now, one of the films I would love to recommend is My Days of Mercy. That is currently on Prime and it stars Elliot Page, who plays a lady whose father is on death row and she falls in love with another woman who is on the opposing side of her family's political cause. Another film on Prime is Birds of Paradise and that is about two elite dancers who are competing in a dance school for a place in a company. I've also just started watching Wheel of Time. That is on Prime and it is set in a fantasy world where magic exists, but only some people can access it. Now that's it from me. I shall catch you next time. And remember, stronger together. Bye. So absolutely loads on in there. There Loads on, loads to watch, loads to... You know, you've done so many programmes. Do you have a favourite that you've done? You're not allowed to say Coronation Street. No, you can if you wish. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we'll talk about my depth in a minute, but I mean... I mean, I think... I I did an interview with Russell C. Davis um, Mm. quite recently, and I interviewed him, and I said, what would be the one? You know, what would you take with you on your golden record? And he said, he thinks it'd be a little Dalek, because he knows that... Oh. The, even though queer sport was so seminal yeah, and so important, yeah, yeah. there's there's the program that sort of is your heart, yeah, yeah. And that you'll always and I think for, for Russell it was Doctor Who and for yeah. me it is Corey, you know. But, yeah. but I've loved everything. I mean, I loved loved doing cucumber, which was yeah. the first job. I oh did yeah. Oh, Corey. I loved cucumber. Oh, what a show! What? It's a really really interesting one because we thought it was going to be the new queer. Yeah. So, I yeah. Mean, you know it. Well, had we like three different series off. as well. You had like cucumber, banana, banana, tofu. Absolutely. And we we were just all set for mm. like international stardom because yeah. of it. You know, we thought it was going to take off like that. And it never did, you know, and Russell talks about it as well. And we don't know whether it was a little bit ahead of its time because it was a lot about, um, you know, a fluidity and sexuality mm. and yeah. sort of openness in it and I don't know whether it's because it was about older gay men or what, but we loved it. And it yeah. kind of... It was one of those that was a slow burn, and people who stuck with it really got the rewards mm, of it. Mm. And, and but some people just didn't enjoy the first episode. But I think it's a bit of a. I think it's one of ones you have to binge. Well, you, I mean, you I compare so. queer as folk next to cucumber. You have queer as folk that you know did what on the program that yeah. nothing else had done. Whereas cucumber was more about it's, it's the heart and it was the characters. Whereas yeah. queer as folk, it was about what they were doing. What, yes. How were they yeah. to put this on screen? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was clever. Yeah, it's amazing it? watching queer as folk. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. It's like realizing how you know out there it was really. I yeah. think I find it weirder looking at looking at them on sets and we're like, I've been in that bar. I was there last night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That the weirder yeah, woman. Yeah. It was but all that was like, I mean, doing cucumber was like this glorious summer. All of us together, just mm. like. Absolutely loving well, it. It and has just some incredible twists. Like, I remember that 
I think it's episode five twist for anyone that's not oh, seen yeah, it. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. They've got the episode five twist. Incredible. Stuck with it to that. Really. Yeah. Got it. You, you, you know? got. You got the whole sensation. I think people revisit it over the years. I, that's what I think that people go back to. It, it feels like one of those shows that is a very much a, a British iconic kind of show. It's one of those ones that happened I once that, yeah. and you would come back yeah, to. Yeah. It's not something you would sit there and go like, "This would go on for series and series and series." Yeah. But it's something that for one series would great. Yeah. Now, one character that you can't return to, unfortunately, is of course our Haley. Of course, oh. yeah. I mean, that you you're talking about, you know, the impact of something that that was a really special character. Yeah, yeah, it really was, and and I think that um, I mean, I've never really underestimated, you know, what an impact mm. that had. And I talk, you know, obviously, I get asked about Haley yeah. all the time, and it's and and I get asked, you know, well, would you play that role now? And I've, of course I wouldn't. You know, I mean, it's like, I can't believe that's even like ever a headline. Mm, yeah. It was of its time. And it wasn't like it was uh, an unthinking thing that I went into it doing it. I genuinely thought this, at this level of profile, especially, you know, the amount mm. of viewers that Coronation Street had then, I just thought this would be unbearable pressure on somebody who potentially could be quite vulnerable anyway, yeah. you know, mm. some, someone who transitioned. And I just thought, no, actually, I think this is right that I can go in this and represent. And I was an ally from the start. Yeah. But I understood at the same time why trans activists were very, very yes. concerned Did you know the way it. that the, um, the Haley story was going to pan out? Did you know you were going in playing this specific character and that it would develop like this with Mr. Cropper? Oh, no, no, no. 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 What did a, they give you at the beginning, well, though? Well, they just told me for the audition. They said, oh, she's called Haley and she's fun. Right. So I, I had like that lynch in my head. So yeah, I yeah. said, literally yeah. in a le- in a leopard skin coat, <laughs> and I was just like, and Judy Hayfield, the casting director, just like smuggled me into the room and was like, look, you know, it's like it's just be like, I don't know how to say this to you. This is going to be quite a big deal, and and told me that Haley would be trans, and I took it really seriously yeah. from the start. Yeah, I was like pre like being able to Google stuff, so I just went straight to Frontline Books, which was this like radical bookshop in Manchester, yeah. giving everything on trans. Yeah, got. but it was all like really like proper like American queer radical so I um, <clears throat> and did really really want to do it properly but what I didn't realise that from the writers it was actually going to just be a bit of a joke mm. so Roy was going to have a series of dates oh. Haley was the first one and the kind of like punchline was that he would fall for her yeah. she would say I'm trans, and he would freak out, and she would go off into the distance. And so I didn't know about. I didn't know about. And it was, you know, very different times. Yeah. And uh, so I went in, and what they didn't bargain for was this chemistry between Hitley and Roy, yeah. and that people got behind them. Yeah. And that, and I've said this so many times, but that's how you break down prejudice. If you're in people's living rooms three, four, five times a week, and they're rooting for you. The issue that's attached yeah. to you yeah. doesn't matter. No. So people were just like, and I literally, oh my God, I really have said this so many times, but I would I would be in the supermarket and like old ladies would come up to me and say, when are you and Roy getting married? They re- and I'd be like, well, we're not allowed to. They're really allowed to. Really yeah. And, yeah. and they'd be like, never mind that. And I'd be like, that's how you change <laughs> that's the world. Amazing. That's how you change it. And what about the departure, though? Because it was ever so sad. Now, did you want to leave? Was it coming to the end? How, yeah, how did it happen? Yeah, so I'd been, I'd been in it for obviously 15 years when yeah. I decided to leave 16 oh, by the time I left. Oh. 
And it was a massive decision. And it was a slow thing. And what happened is I'd done a play at the Royal Exchange mm. oh, um, yeah. about Sophie Lancaster. And and I just mm. I'd just take a little bit of time off to do it, thinking I'd just have a break and do it. And I just realised doing that, that there were other stories I wanted to tell. Oh, and people always remember the beginning of Hayley and the end of Hayley. Yeah. What people don't realise is that for a lot of that time, I was just poodling around. Mm. You know, I was having a lovely life. Like, you know, yeah. I met me husband, I had my kids. I, like, I was like going home to like, you know, me, me house just outside Manchester. And it was great, but I, w- I weren't having these massive storylines. It mm. wasn't like impact, impact, impact all the time. It was, I was just like, I was mainly in the factory, you know, I was yeah. like chorus mm. of brilliant, like, yeah. you know, factory girls. And sure. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and I was just like, so so I was ready to do something else. And it was a huge decision. Everybody was really supportive of it. So I decided to go and I knew that they would kill me. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew that they couldn't separate. I knew that David didn't want to go. Could, this was uh, what I said, though. They could not like have you going off into the wind without Roy. No. Yeah. So I knew. So And I thought it would be something amazing. I thought it might be something heroic. I could mm. like rescuing a kitten, you know, <laughs> And then when they told me what it was going to be, and I, and I, honestly, I owe everything to that last story because it it was such a long story, mm. and it was such a it was so beautifully written and so beautifully told, and it was and it was it was life changing for me because yeah. it, it sort of was it made people see me differently as an actor. I think yeah. so. So it it gave me a real. Um, platform to go on to do other things so it was it was heartbreaking i mean it actually broke my heart it was for the viewer yeah i mean i, I watched it as a viewer me yeah. and my husband watched it with a bottle of whiskey and a, and a bog roll and we went through the bog roll and it sounds awful saying that because i feel like i'm saying like oh it was like crying at my great acting or something it wasn't that because it was so many things i was saying goodbye to this person you're grieving yeah. now, oh, it's 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 part of your life and yeah. like realistically like, even nowadays you know we hear the proper is She's a she's a British icon. But she is not, not to put on your ego, of course. But, but, no, <laughs> but, but she was. But it she wasn't was an anything icon. to do with me. You know, I, I was like the I was a conduit for it. But yeah. it's the writers who did it, and I know that, and I know the responsibility. And you know, I'm yeah. like anorexing like the permanent queer exhibition at the People's History Museum, yeah. and and I know that place. But at the same time. It was absolutely the right thing to yeah. leave when I did because I think I'd be such an anachronism now with all this discussion about, you know, cisgender people playing trans. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with it. Right. I absolutely agree with it. So I'm just like, that wasn't a conversation until I'd left, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And so it would be very, very difficult thing for me to justify playing mm-hmm. that part now in the way that I could hand on heart when I when I took the part. Yeah. So, so, so it worked out really really brilliantly and now it's opened these doors for all these amazing trans actors who are coming yeah, through 100%. you know and all that, which makes me so happy you know it's just do you think if you'd still continued playing the character that there'd be a lot of backlash now i think there would because even now people say you know people talk about trans representation and people mention Haley. you know now mm, and again i'll get yeah. tagged in it on on twitter and people are like oh but she's cisgender you know and, and should she and i'm just like I'm I'm really, really at peace with it all. Taking the role because I did it absolutely for the right reasons and knowing I was representing a community Mm -hmm. and taking that seriously and with and standing absolute shoulder to shoulder as an ally. Yeah. Here's what's happening across Greater Manchester this coming weekend. At the Bolton Octagon from Friday, you can see an adventure, a story of extraordinary journeys by ordinary people. Don't miss this regional premiere of this critically claimed play, written by Vinnie Patel. 
Also on Friday night at the Stockport Plaza, comedian Jack D is live on stage. And on Friday night at the Waterside Arts Centre, you can see one of the most respected musicians in the world, Andy Fairweather Lowe and his band. On Saturday night at the Oldham Coliseum, you can see Netflix, the improvised musical for one night only. And over at the Stoller Hall on Saturday night, there's an evening of Irish music with the Sharon Shannon Quartet, who are celebrating their 30th anniversary. And the Manchester Open Exhibition 2022 launched last week and is at home until the 17th of March, with over 2,000 pieces of artwork created by over 400 Greater Manchester residents adorning the wall of the gallery. And don't forget, if you have an event that you'd like us to mention, just drop us a line, contact us at yourmanchester.com. Yeah. There we are. So look, you're chatting away. You Sorry, I, 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 I can't help but talk about Doctor Who. Nobody's in the room that's been on Doctor Who and not expect me to talk about Doctor Who. Of course, Doctor you're in Doctor Who as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. One of my, that's one of my favourite episodes. Well, go on, then you can have a geek out. No, I is. No, I love go it. On, I, I love geek the Kabbalah episode. Yeah. It was probably my favourite episode of Series Eleven. Who was the Doctor then? Johnny Johnny. Oh, yes! It's it my favourite episode of that series with that. all the, with yes. the Amazon men. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's got awesome. Oh, oh awesome. I loved it. It was great. You might as well be speaking a different language. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you. Your Doctor Who, I'm still into She-Ra. <laughs> no, it's fabulous. So you've done Doctor Who. I mean, we could, we could talk. We all see these got to be quite as many it's pages expensive. as Sue Gray's report, surely. <laughs> Well, yeah, I've been dead lucky. I've done quite a few things. Yeah, yeah. Why I acting? Them. Why acting? Why acting? What? Why? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I suppose it's because um, I just started doing it at school. I mean, it's nothing really exciting, you know. <laughs> I started doing it at school. There were a couple of teachers, you know, as everyone's story yeah, is, who yeah. saw something in me. And I'm like, you know, I'm like properly right on, as you know. I'm like proper work. And I always work. So I was just like, oh, yeah, I should be a social worker. You know, I need to change the world. And actually, I met someone, I met a really inspirational teacher who just said, like, well, you, you can do stuff to change the world, do this. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't realise how much it can do, actually. And I've been really, really lucky because I've been able to do both things. You yeah. know, I've been able to play parts that have had something to say about the world, and that's my favourite thing, yeah. you know. So, obviously, with Hayley, the A word, you know, which I've, I've played a specialist needs teacher in, and, mm -hmm. you know, that beautiful things to say about, you know, people who are neurodiverse. Broadchurch was all about... Rape and sexual assault, you know. I mean, it's all that. It's all, all family fun, of oh, course. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. And it's like, and I do think actually, I, I mean, I have done a couple of, I've done Inside Number Nine and I've done Catastrophe. Mm. But but comedy on my CV is quite thin on the ground. <laughs> and I'm always is, a little is bit. There's some of my memes to do, like, to like, pull me through the mill. Is, yeah, if, yeah. So if, if there was like things that you want to like, no, because obviously you've got more free time for different work. What kind of work do you want to be working towards? I would on? like to do more comedy, and I'm and I'm about to do a comedy in mm -hmm. London on on stage. I can't say any more than that about it because mm -hmm. nothing's signed and sealed. But I am about to do that, which is great for me. Yeah, because I think I'd I'd, I'd like to do. I love it all, you know. I love it all, yeah. but I think we all need as a lot of comedy at the moment. So 100%. it's like, yeah, we need a lot of comedy. And, uh, however, though, if you are feeling a bit down, don't worry about it. We've got our lady here now. We do. We've got our minute of mojo. It's Joe Britton, your personal performance coach for another minute of Mojo. Do you remember when you were a small child playing make-believe? Perhaps you were an astronaut or a Disney princess, or maybe you were scoring the winning goal in the World Cup final and you truly believed that was you and that anything was possible. Then life got in the way, it threw 
a ton of curveballs and lemons at you and suddenly you started doubting yourself. What if I'm too old or too young to do this thing that I want to do? What if everybody is better than me? Oh, I'm not smart enough to do that. Or maybe you're doing pretty well in what you're doing, but suddenly you get this imposter voice in here that says, oh, I'm going to be found out as a phony or a fraud any moment. If that sounds like you and you relate to it, you're not alone. I call my imposter voice Nina Nitpicker. She is like the bully in the school playground and she never has a nice word to say to me, but she talks a pile of fiction. So I'm really conscious of her because she holds me back. And what I always want to do is knock her on the head. And so this is how I tame her. Three little tips that you can use to knock your Nina nitpicker on the head as well. First of all, I listen out for her voice. When she's saying unkind things to me, I say, thank you, Nina, for keeping me safe. And now I choose to do this instead. The second thing I do is if I hear her, I make her sound ridiculously silly in her voice. Then I start to laugh, relax, and I'm able to get on with what I want to achieve. And the third thing that I do is I craft I am beliefs. These are new beliefs that I'm going to tell my brain are the truth for whenever Nina comes out to play. I am capable. I am smart. I am the perfect age to do this thing that I want to do. Try some of those te techniques anytime your imposter voice is getting in your way. I'll be back next time for another minute of Mojo. In the meantime, you can connect with me on my Instagram account, joebritton.mojo, for more motivation and mojo fueling tips. I don't know why, but I always feel calmer after listening you know, to I completely agree. Yes. It just really chills me out. It's what do voice. you do to calm down, Julie? What do you just keep calm and oh, relaxed? What do I do to calm down? Um, well, I feel like I like a little bit of meditation, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I do start my day with a bit of that. Yeah, because I, I wake up a bit frantic. My mind's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I just sit down and just like, you know, just a few Relax. deep breaths, a little bit of stretching. Just a yeah. simple meditation. Lovely, you don't, you don't sit there like you... Um, being Doctor Strange flying in the air. Well, you know, I don't want to give too many people. <laughs> <laughs> it might be quite embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, you, there's so many people in Manchester that, as young Manchester, we are dying to speak to. And one guy we were able to catch up with quite a few weeks ago now, but um, we've got his VT finally here for you, everybody. This is Gareth Worthington's story. My name's Gareth Worthington, uh, I live in Ancoats and Beswick, um, well I live in Ancoats, um, I uh, walk right, I, my job takes me walking around the entire city so I tend to take my camera everywhere with me and I take quite a lot of photos. Uh, my background is um, hospitality, uh, I've worked in bars uh, since around 1995 uh, at Generation X um, and Mantos, um, that was in kind of late 90s, uh, mid 90s, and then in the kind of late 90s, went to dry bar and worked through. Um, so now I've kind of, after all the years of working in bars, I finally left it about, about four years ago. Uh, and I used to have a, a nightclub around the corner called Sound Control. Um, now, after that, now I've kind of gone working for Citico and instead of solving 
uh, my own venue's problems and I try and solve all the venue's problems and try and help them with everything from grants to the road closures to, you know, licensing issues to, to everything really. It's uh, everything I can to, to keep them trading. I'm not that political. I don't want to be, you know, a, a career politician. I don't want to be an MP. Um, you know, all I want to do is care about where we live. You know, I, I love... I love Van Coates and Beswick, you know, I'm a season ticket holder at Manchester City. Um, uh, you know, I live in Ancoats, I've lived there for what, about eight years now, eight, nine years. Um, I absolutely love it. And, you know, I already do quite a lot of stuff in the community anyway, like I set up the Neighbourhood Watch, and the, the Ancoats Food and Beverage Network, as it helps set up the New Islington Neighbourhood Watch, um, and various other things. And it's, I'm helping, I do quite a lot for the Neighbourhood Watch. I'm actually uh, uh, currently standing as, ch- uh, currently stood as chair of, for North Manchester, which so I have to cover all the areas. So, um, but uh, no, I, I, I th- there's many little issues that just need sorting out from the car parking, the fly tipping, the speed of the traffic, you know, the antisocial behaviour that just needs sorting out. And I really want to get in there and do that because I'm quite practical from working, you know, working in the industry that I've done in the nighttime economy and. Uh, you know, of, of being part of the Manchester Pump Club Network and working, I'm a big fan of working in partnership with residents groups, developers, police, the you know, Manchester City Council. It was during lockdown, I, uh, I've been like just messing around, taking some photos with my phone. Um, so my fiance, she actually bought me a, uh, just a, a cheap little Nikon. That's it, I've been absolutely hooked. All I'm doing is just going out. I have it with me everywhere I absolutely go, um, and I, I just find it so relaxing and just peaceful. Just taking the photos. I love how colourful this city is. You know, I do. You know, and you know there are some fantastic photographers out there, but there just seems to be a bit of a, a trend. You know, where it's uh, kind of. Some of the more famous photos, you know, like the, the rain one down the bottom, uh, the, down the bottom of Deansgate, you know, but it, it makes it look, Manchester looks quite bleak. Whereas if you actually walk round, you know, just down Chester, Chester Street here where we are now, or, you know, if we walk round, you can see all these wonderful colours and wonderful buildings that, you know, it, I love it, you know, I took one of the canal the other day and, you know, kind of what you see is kind of what I've seen, if you know what I mean, and that's what I really try and capture is the, the colours and the vibrancy of this city. Even on the greyest days, Manchester looks beautiful, you know, Man- Manchester can look absolutely stunning. You know, the other day it was torrential, horrible wind, ice, wind rain, you know, and I was coming down Oldham Street and just this little bit of sun peaked out and Oldham Street, you know, the bottom bit there where Piccadilly Gardens is, looks absolutely wonderful. You know, and I just stood there in the rain, just taking as many photos as I could of it. Uh, and then it got to the point where the, the lens was so wet, uh, most of them didn't make much sense, but I actually enjoyed them them photos even more. Uh, yeah, I'd really want to get onto roofs of, of places, you know, and really take the photos to, to capture the city from above. I love Manchester. Like, I think most people, everyone who knows me, knows I love Manchester. Um, you know, it's where we're from, and uh, it's it's absolutely everything. You know, I can go out of a night time, and the bustling streets, the amazing nighttime economy that we have in this city. You know, from the northern quarter, the village, Oxford Road. You know, they've all got all the different areas of their own personalities. So the perfect Mancunian is friendly helpful, loving, um, passionate, 
uh, and has an excess of civic pride, obviously. Uh, you know, I, I always joke, like, um, you know, when uh, my, so my fiancé used to actually live in London for a bit, and uh, it's like I'd, I'd be on the train down there, and all of a sudden, as I was going down, my parker would get slightly bigger and more zipped up, you know, and my accent would get a bit more defined, you know, and I'd be like, yeah, right, yeah, right. Now, nobody in London cares you're from Manchester, but I was very proud to be from here, you know, and it's, it's a case of, you know, Mancunians do have a... A certain pride, you know, we've been through quite a lot in this city, you know, with the bombs and uh, various other things. And now, obviously, with the pandemic, you know, I've seen some amazing things with amazing people, you know, going out the way to, to help each other and to help each other get through this. And it's been, uh, yeah, I, lo- I love this city, basically. But the perfect Mancunian is all of them things and more. I, I like to live by uh, the mantra of be the person your dog thinks you are. The, the city is just going to change and for the better. I am Gareth Wilkinson. This is your Manchester. Anyway, anyway so I tell you, we're in our own little world there, thinking about our. We've had some lovely comments about you know. We've had one guy, um, John Unsworth, and he says, uh, "Love you, Julie. You're an amazing actor." Oh, that's very humble. And, and then we have this one as well Thank from you. Darren George, Desmond Johnson Jr. I mean, how many names can you get on one line? I mean, <laughs> honestly, I tell you, he says, you've changed the world we live. And uh, we are always grateful for that. So, I mean, it's fantastic. Well, again, like I say, it's not me. It was like a whole team. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I'll take I'll it. I'll take it. Take Just it. before take you it. go, we've got to talk about your um, your appearance of your voice on one of the best-known game shows. <laughs> I was sat at home. We were waiting for it to come back on. We were expecting it to be good. We weren't expecting to hear your voice, though. I know. It was so funny. Because I, like, I did it I did it in a couple of hours, you know. Yeah. And it's like, and I'm like, dead chuffed to be asked and whatever. I've had more tweets about it. Than I had about Broadchurch, you know. And I was just like, in fact, I said to my agent, I said, should I be worried? You know, I was like nominated for a BAFTA a couple of years ago. Now I'm doing voiceover. Then voiceover the week of late. And I'm like, getting lots of love for it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's lovely though, isn't it? I really like I like it with Ramesh doing it. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, it's good. It's good. Like, it's good. But yeah, I think that's what's happened. People are just like watching it and then they're suddenly like, hang on. When you see the last of the contestant next, they've got like, that's my voice, Sam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, don't, they don't hear it, though, on them. Stick it to the king. Stick it to the king. Match the judge. And you oh, were just say that about me I'll have none of it listen it's been such a pleasure having you here today thank you so much for this it's uh you you are one of Manchester's legends Mm -hmm. I think we need to get our Stan Chow to do a lovely portrait of you to feature as you go into the Great Northern Warehouse Oh, yeah, well, I'd like that. Mm-hmm. I'd like that, because Maxine's got one. Just, I know. Just wow. saying. Just saying. Well, just saying. And just thinking, a few years' time, we'll be having this conversation again, our Julie, and you'll be a dame. <laughs> because, I mean, you, I well, I mean, think about it. Think about it. All these legends, now you've, you've got your Judy Dench and all them. They're not going to be with us for a whole lot longer. Don't tell me that. What happens, so we, we need our next generation of fantastic dame actresses. Oh, well, Sally got her OBE today, you know, which is which one's which but yeah but in that love line that yeah, is nice, nice. Yeah. yeah is that something you'd have worked towards getting an OBE MBE no, no. I, I don't believe in the honest system I'm afraid do you? <laughs> <laughs> I 
on that note, everybody, uh, a massive thank you to each and every one of you. I love we ended with that. Always, always, always. Well, that's it for today's show. Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by Talk Talk Future Fiber, the UK's fastest and most reliable broadband technology, which is now available here in Manchester. To see if your postcode can get Future Fiber, search Talk Talk Future Fiber right now. <laughs>